Hello there, and welcome to this evening's sleep time story, A Sea Voyage. Before we begin tonight's sleep time story, I just want you to take a moment to get yourself comfortable. Remember to set your intentions for sleep. There's nothing else you need to do or worry about this evening. It's dusk when the sun is at its lowest point before the day turns into night. The sky is filled with pink and purple colours. You can hear the faint calls of seabirds and the sounds of the sea as the water swells gently up and down. You find yourself in an old shipping port. You can hear ship bells softly ringing. There is the sound of workmen and women having conversations about what different ports they have sailed to recently and what sort of cargo they have been hauling. You have in your hand a ticket for a sea crossing on a ship called the Sea Voyager, which carries passengers and trade goods throughout amazing tropical locations. You walk along the port, passing by lots of different ships. Each one is moored up with incredibly strong, thick ropes. On the backs of the ships, they all have signs that tell you what the name of the ship is. There's the Serendipity, Liberty, Blue Moon, Spirit, and then you find the Sea Voyager, which is the ship you will be travelling on. It is a large, majestic looking ship. Looking at the back of the ship, you can see part of the rudder sticking out of the water. The rudder 
looks strong and sturdy, which of course it needs to be to be able to steer this ship. You also spot two figureheads. Figureheads are usually carved wooden sculptures that decorate sailing ships and embody the vessel's spirit. These two figureheads appear to represent mermaids as the bottom halves of the figureheads have fin like tails painted using an emerald green colour and the upper half shows the human torso. The heads of the statues have incredibly long wavy hair that is carved in such a way it looks to billow in the wind. Each of the figureheads holds a trident in one hand, as these mythical creatures are at home in the sea and can swim incredibly well. You could say the ship's Spirit is it loves to be out at sea and can sail effortlessly across the water. For most sailors, they believe that figureheads offer safeguarding while they journey the seas. As you walk by the side of the ship, inspecting the hull, the sheer length of the ship is amazing. You can't help but wonder how it is able to float, considering it is made from wood. You come to a wooden plank that enables you to walk up onto the ship. As you reach the top, a crew member awaits you and asks to see your ticket. As you hand over the ticket, the crew member welcomes you on board. Finally, it is time to set sail. You hear a whoosh sound as the ship's mainsail is unraveled and dropped from the ship's mast, opening up like a giant bedsheet, with the sail now fully open and fastened securely.
passenger begins to drift away from the port and out to sea, heading towards the setting sun. You are now on the main deck of the Sea Voyager. The main deck is open and spacious, perfect to take in the sea air. As the day has turned into night, a couple of crew members are seen setting lanterns alight that are dotted around the ship's railing. The lantern's flame is protected by a glass case that stops the wind from blowing out the light. You look towards the back of the ship, where you spot the captain at the helm, safely and calmly navigating the sea. The captain has been in charge of the sea voyager for many years and knows the ship's sailing routes extremely well. He says this will be a pleasant crossing as the weather is calm and clear. The captain says to understand this better, to climb up to the lookout tower and points to the top of the mast to reveal the lookout tower, commonly referred to as the crow's nest. This position ensures the widest field of view for lookouts to spot approaching hazards, other ships, or land using their eyes, or with the aid of optical devices such as telescopes. You scale the rigging of the ship, which is essentially a rope ladder to reach the crow's nest. The platform allows you just enough space to stand or sit as you take in 360 degree views. You take a look back in the direction you set out from. By now, the port is a small silhouette in the distance. You can make out tiny flames of light flickering from the port. You peer over the side of the crow's nest and look down into the sea. And just like 
the captain said, the sea is calm. It's like looking into a mirror. The sea is that flat. The only movement the sea makes is ripples caused by the sea voyager gliding through the water. While watching the ripples expand outwards, you notice in the ocean the moon's reflection. It is a full, bright, silvery looking moon this evening. The moon illuminates the ship and the surrounding ocean. You look out across the sea at what appears to be a never-ending stretch of water as there are no islands, buildings, busy harbours to see. Although this is not a worrying or frightening experience, instead this instills a feeling of spaciousness inside your mind. There's a feeling of clarity away from busy thoughts and feelings that would normally distract you. What you notice next is how clear the night sky is. Again hearing the words from the captain telling you the sky will be clear. There is a simple pleasure you get while sailing on a clear night and gazing up at all the stars in the sky. Perhaps it will be a nice idea to sit for a moment under the stars and watch them. There's no rush to make your way back down to the main deck. After a few minutes of stargazing and relaxing up in the crow's nest, you make your way back down onto the main deck. When you reach the bottom, you make your way through a wooden door. Just below the helm of the ship and onto some wooden steps leading down into the ship's interior. Each step does a little creak as you walk down, but the wooden boards still feel strong and sturdy. The stairs lead out into Sea Voyager's Mess Hall.
a place where the hard working crew can enjoy a well deserved meal. The room contains a large wooden dining table and decorated with a crisp white tablecloth. In the middle is a candle holder capable of holding several candles to give the room a nice atmospheric glow. There are additional candles fixed to the wall to provide additional lighting so the room isn't too dark. The table has 15 chairs all neatly tucked underneath the table. This amount of chairs would allow the whole crew to sit down together. This would be a splendid opportunity to check in with one another, a chance to tell stories of adventure, travel and good times. Sometimes the crew even sing sea shanties to entertain and lift each other's spirits up. If it is a particularly long journey, especially away from family and friends. The mess hall also has six rectangular shaped windows which look out at the back of the ship. Just imagine sitting down to some nice food and watching the sea as you drift along. Through a door next to the mess hall leads into a small galley, which is the ship's kitchen. The galley is located at the rear of the ship, as it is generally a more stable area if a touch of bad weather comes along. The galley's equipment is very simple, with just a few pots and pans and a couple of ladles. There is a small stove fueled by pieces of coal. From the galley you pass through an archway that brings you to the ship's food stores, a much larger room stocked with barrels filled with food provisions. Each barrel is sealed tight and has markings on the lid 
The markings let you know what is inside the barrel. So depending on what the cook is preparing, you can find the correct barrel easily without opening them all up to see what's inside. The barrels also have markings on the side which read the Sea Voyager. This is for the port workers so they know which barrel needs to go on which ship. On one side of the room there is a long stretch of wooden countertops cluttered with plates, cutlery, jars filled with food provisions and preserves. There are jugs containing spirits and water. There's even baskets of bread and biscuits layered about the countertop. Below are cupboards filled with dried plants, jars of beans and bowls of fruit and vegetables. It's quite therapeutic to rifle through the cupboards to inspect the items you find. It's good to know the crew are well catered for. As you make your way down onto a lower deck, you wander into a room known as the navigation room. Here you will usually find the sailing master. This crew member is an officer in charge of navigation and plotting the ship's course. What draws your attention as you enter the room is a dark circular wooden table in the centre of the room. There is a cast iron chandelier hanging directly above with four large candles to light up the room. Underneath the table is a rug with lots of different patterns on it. In parts the colour has faded from the rug, presumably from the sailing master's boots constantly walking on it. As you approach the table, you can see lots of papers scattered around the table. 
Upon further inspection, you can see the papers are sea charts. They are nautical charts used to plan voyages and navigate safely. There is a map pinned to a board just off to the side of the table. It shows several bits of land and of course the body of seawater surrounding the islands. There are some lines drawn through the map and an X marked at the end. This might be a ship's course to a destination. Looking further around the room, you spot a shelf that holds several nautical tools to help navigate the ship in a small wooden box. You find a compass. The compasses outer parts are made from brass and the glass doesn't seem to have a single scratch on it. As the compass is such a vital piece of equipment, you can tell that it is taken very good care of. Also on the shelf, you find an hourglass which consists of two pear-shaped glass bulbs connected vertically by a narrow neck that allows a regulated flow of a substance. Further down into the ship, you enter the crew's living quarters. Each crew member has their own hammock that is fastened securely to the ceiling. The hammocks are stuffed with comfy, warm bedding and blankets. Underneath the hammocks, you see a box, one for each crew member. These boxes are used to store clothing and other personal items. The crew also have their own shelf that is reachable from the comfort of their hammocks. The shelves have small lanterns on them for a little bit of extra brightness. The shelves are usually cluttered with letters and random objects important to that 
particular crew member. It can sometimes be a rock they have picked up from a beach they have been to and found that it might have brought them good luck. This deck has plenty of circular portholes for the crew to peer out of. Up against one porthole is a large wooden crate which looks to be a makeshift table. Around it are several smaller crates acting as chairs. At one time, I bet these crates were used to carry some trading goods. This spot looks to be another place the crew can sit together, tell stories, sing songs and relax. At that moment, a crew member approaches you and lets you know you are invited to stay in the captain's quarters this evening as the captain will be sailing the ship all night. And with that, you make your way to the captain's quarters. The captain's quarters are located at the very back of the ship and just below the helm. You enter the cabin and what grabs you is the old wooden desk and throne-like chair with plush red cushions for you to sit on. You take a seat on the throne just to see how comfy it is. You place your hands on the arms of the chair just for a brief moment. You imagine that you are the captain. Layered about the desk, you find letters and correspondence from various businesses, people, and perhaps there's even a love letter or two. It would be rude to indulge into the details of what the letters contain, so you simply leave them in their resting spots. Although you do admire the wax seals that have been pressed onto the letter's envelopes to seal them. Usually, candle wax is melted down into liquid and a small amount is dribbled onto the letter and then the person writing the letter 
takes a stamp and presses firmly onto the wax while it is still warm. Then as the wax cools, you are left with a sealed letter and your symbol remaining in the wax. Next to the desk, there is a small bookcase with a few leather-bound books. The covers look quite worn out, which makes you think they have been read many times before. But mostly the bookcase has journals on the front page of each journal. There is a little title that describes what the journal contains. For instance, you read Best Taverns. Another one reads Best Beaches. And one journal reads best port towns to visit. Clearly, each journal has been dedicated to one theme. Perhaps to keep things organized, or maybe just for fun. For now, you. Take a moment to rest comfortably in the throne-like chair, leaning over the desk, gently perusing maps, reading the names of small islands with a sense of excitement. As you wait to arrive at your destination.